Hi, this is Rev T, and you're listening to the Face to Face Dialogue Show. I'm with Terence Tanner, and we talk about success and wealth. yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others from what i'm hearing from you you are um, being of service to a lot of parents and, and i hope that people listening will take some of the or all of the things that you've been saying um, because there is hope for our young people and especially our black men but one of the things that um i think uh, people get confused with is what success is um people think it's about the house the garments the jewelry etc but um how do you define success well it's a very it's a really really good question i mean i was pondering this very question not too long ago and um, i posted on linkedin Mm. about this i did a poll on linkedin you you can do scroll polls and what i said was i'll read it to you i Mm. said um defining success i was reflecting this afternoon on how we measure success it is that often discussed issue the most obvious barometer for success is personal wealth. But as the saying goes, money can't buy you love. Beatles, isn't it? <laughs> Why is it that a multimillionaire can feel sad and unfulfilled, yet a man of very modest means can be happy, content, and healthy? Clearly, there is some correlation between personal wealth, happiness, and health. But these are obviously not mutually exclusive. Mm. Off the top of my head, the following springs to mind in terms of defining success. And I list them. Number one, personal wealth. Number two, mental and physical health. Number three, influence on others. So that's your legacy and the sort of respect you get from being influential. And four, again, I believe has to be there, your personal and family relationships. Mm. And I finished by saying, of course, most of us would love to attain high levels in all four of the above. And then you've got the poll. So, so far, I've got 218 people to vote, which is quite a good response, really. Mm. Um, those are my initial thoughts on success. And, and I think if we go through them, you've already mentioned wealth. Now, wealth clearly mm. will always be in the mix because we're a capitalist country. We're in a... How can I put it? These Western democracies are driven by capitalism. And these democracies will always have a barometer of wealth. And sometimes the pursuit of wealth can get you into trouble. We talk about wealth. And I'm not going to sit here and say money isn't important because the fact of the matter is without money, there is no NHS. Without money, there is no housing. Without money, there is... Exactly. Without money, there is no funding for Mm. uh, the police. As much as you may hear people say defund the police, we're always going to need some form of criminal justice system. And I'm not an advocate of that anyway. So money is incredibly important because every object around you in your studio and around me here has been had to be paid for. Computer, the microphone, the headphones. My underwears, <laughs> everything has to be paid for. So, but the question I suppose is this, where do you derive your happiness? 
is the money just like a road, a road leading to happiness? It facilitates happiness, but it's not the pursuit of money in itself. So we know that, um, and this is really, really, I, I looked at this, um, these pledges, and I found them fascinating because there's been a lot of talk about Google, Facebook, and the various powerful tech companies and their tax, and they're not paying enough tax. But then you also look at the pledges that the likes of Zuckerberg and Buffet are making, and there is a, a tradition of saying, I pledge the majority of my wealth to charity. Now, I still think it's incredible. So let's forget tax, but let's just look at strictly why the likes of Zuckerberg, these billionaires, joined up to as signatories of we're going to give away our wealth. And I believe there is a there is a long tradition going back now to it's it started way back. And these billionaires have continued the tradition of giving away their wealth. Now they've realized that after a certain level, it makes no difference, none whatsoever. You reach a certain, um, oh yes, it's the point of diminishing returns. There are no returns. After you have acquired a certain amount of wealth, acquiring more doesn't help you. And it's funny, you know, I'm just thinking back in the Bible where Solomon um, says it's empty and meaningless. Absolutely. After a certain point, there, there is very little point in it unless you're able to say, right, I had my fill, I, and, and Warren Buffet was good at this, he would say, and he still does this, he says, well, all I need, and I think if you look at the house he lives in now, you think, well, why are you not living in a palace? Because I think he's still living in the same house he lived in before he became so wealthy. So you say, all I need is, is this, no more is going to make me any more happier. And so what I am now is I am a custodian of this wealth. It seems to me as if these guys get it, and I'm not gonna talk about their tax and what they should be paying or not, not paying, but there is a principle, and it's the principle of, look, well, we are not going to get any more return on, on this wealth. We've got the wealth, we now have to start distributing this wealth. So I know Gates has done that, I know Zuckerberg has signed up, Warren Buffet signed up as well. They are going to, during their lifetime, give away virtually all of their wealth. Yeah, one of the things I notice about um, these people who are, you know, considered as extremely successful is that they they are criticised a lot. And we spoke to about uh, earlier about the backlash of being out there, you know, whether you're rich and successful or um, you're an activist or you do a podcast or whatever it is, um, you're, you're open to criticism because you're your being out there. And so, you know, just listening to you and defining success, um, maybe I can say that it's, how would I put it? Success is when you inspire others to do good, to step up as well. I know that in ministry, uh, for me, success is not whether I have a big church or, you know, I've walked on water and healed <laughs> healed so many people, but seeing other people yeah. um, being inspired and coaching people into ministry, I see that as, as as a success discipleship. Well, well, I, I I agree with you because if you look at my four, the four that jumps you know, off the top of my head, mm. wealth, mental and physical health, influence on others, personal family relationships. So there's four. Number one is wealth. Number two is mental and physical health. Number three is influence on others, and number four is personal family relationships. If you closely look at influence on others and personal family relationships, 
Mm. Those two is just relationship. Yeah. Because to have an influence on others, okay, you might not um, necessarily have a close relationship with someone you influence, but a lot of the time you have uh, contact with people, i.e. some form of relationship that leads to an influence. Mm. And so influence on others and personal and family relationships is all about connecting with people. So, the question to you is this: You're an influencer, correct? Well, I'd like to. I'd like to think that there is some that I, I do give back, and there's some, some some positives. Yes. So, in other words, you are someone who is successful. Well, you know what I. I, yes, I think I have to agree that I'd like to think that I am, and there's lots more to do, but I'd like to think that I'm making a positive contribution. And those, I think positive contribution has to be to your next door neighbor. Mm. You can't, it can't just be on camera. It's got to be the guy down the road. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't just be, oh, you look the part. It's mm. what do you do when the cameras are switched off? The real life person. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that they like, and, and I embrace social media now more than ever since the pandemic, and so do you. Mm. And so I'm all for social media. Yeah. But what really counts in terms of the influence you have on other people is how you are with these people when the cameras are switched off and no one can see you. What you like. And I'm not going to say that I don't fall short because I do. Occasionally, occasionally we, we all, we, we, we're not infallible, we fall short. Yeah. And I think it's important to confess these things and speak these things out because you can become convicted by your own voice. So true, yeah. You're, you're, you, when you start to, to speak these things, you speak these things into being and no one's saying we are perfect. But I think the more you, you speak about something and of course talk is cheap, cheaper than actions. But sometimes it's almost like giving a, making a vow. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and say, I can do this and believe it. I can be an influence to people. I will be a positive contribution. I will continue to make powerful moves. You say that to yourself in the mirror and start to walk in it. So yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on this. Do you want me to tell you what the, how the votes panned out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that. Well, so far, we've got still got two days left. Mm. And so far, 218 people have voted. Mm. So, wealth. Where would you put wealth? Now, this is LinkedIn. Where do you think wealth has come? What, in percentage or...? In, in terms of rankings. You've got four. You've got wealth, mental and physical health, influence on others, and then finally, personal and family relationships. I reckon they put it as number one. <laughs> number one, okay, okay. Where do you think mental and physical health is coming? Mm, about three. Number three. And where would you say influence on others? Mm, four. Four. And personal family relationships? Probably got it the wrong way around, but I suppose it's number two. So you want number two personal family relationships? Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's not me though that's that's where I think they might have put it okay well that's where you think they put it okay well I'm going to go through them from number four fourth place to third to, to first okay so fourth place we have 11% wealth that is good yeah I think people have realised what they thought about it and realised what really matters for them <laughs> okay 
And three, in third place, influence on others, mm. 20%. Okay. Influence on others, 20%. Mm. Second place, mental and physical health. So you know, and that was 33%. So you know that mm. personal family relationships has come first, 37%. And 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 the thing is, it's it's not a landslide. Got it's it right. 37%. Yeah. The nearest one is mental and physical health at 33%. Mm. Then you have influence on others down third place, 20% and wealth, 11%. But it just goes to show yeah. that family relationships and personal relationships prevail. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the results would have been different before the pandemic? Well, it depends. I mean, the, the pandemic has had its toll on on relationships. There's more domestic violence. The, the, the rate of domestic violence is up mm. as a consequence of living on top of each other. So That's true, yeah. Divorces and, and certainly domestic, domestic violence rates, my understanding, reportedly have shot up. So, mm. But I guess what you're talking about is I'm not seeing my I haven't seen my mum in the flesh for over a year wow but I see her on on we compensate because I see her every week um, virtually and every day we have a family chat group and she sends me the most wonderful blessings yeah my mum is my mum is just amazing when it comes to whatsapp she just I don't know how she does it but mm. well I do but yeah yeah. You think that at that age, I mean, she's 80. You think at that age, they, they just wouldn't engage. But my mom and my dad, I and mean, they're both very big on Facebook. You know what? I have to say big props to uh, anyone who, who are senior because matter of older people using Facebook and uh, um, Zoom and WhatsApp and sending fantastic messages of, you know, prayers and encouragement, it really does keep you going. I thought that when we started Zoom last year that um, maybe only the younger ones would be using it. Um, but the older ones, they, they've made every effort to get their grandchildren, their children or whoever to uh, get them an iPad or whatever device so they can come on the Zoom services, you know, and they've been faithful to it. It's absolutely um, you know, a testament to who they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely with you 100%. I mean, mm. Two things. One, we have the service on a weekly basis. My both my dad and my mom are there every week on Zoom mm. and sometimes lead the service. Wow. So that's the first thing. And the second thing I would say is my mom's 80th birthday party in November was a mm. Zoom party. <laughs> and you would not believe it. Yeah. She said, and when I spoke to her afterwards, after the party had ended, she said it was the best party she'd ever have had. Yeah. And the reason why it was the best party was because it was international. She had Jamaica, you had America. Yeah. It, it, was, it, it was an international party, whereas usually you book a hall and there isn't any link mm. to anyone overseas. And she said it was the best party. I so, so. Um, you know, we talk about relationships and the importance of relationships mm. and how the likes of Zoom has helped save mm. us yeah. to a large degree because I said when the pandemic started and we realised just how fortunate we we are to have the internet and, and, and platforms like Zoom. I yeah. said, can you imagine what would happen if this pandemic had happened in the 70s, oh dear. the 80s, <laughs> in the 90s? 
or even the, the noughties, early the noughties, um, yeah, yeah. we we would struggle. Mm. Yeah. Relate relationships. Trust me, we we benefited from um, the likes of Zoom and the other platforms. Yeah, and this is where te- technology has been so helpful for relationships. Lifesaver. Yeah, it's, it's been a lifesaver. So. Yes, relationships that have come out on this whole poll of mine. And, and to be honest, I would expect any poll in the world for mm. family and personal relationships to yeah. be number one. That is key. That's the key of success as well. And it goes it, it goes back to what the Beatles said. Mm. Money can't buy you love. Mm. And, and, and I, I do believe that when measuring your own success, your personal and family relationships play a massive part. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Massive, massive part, because take this as an example. Imagine you, imagine you inherit 10 million pounds and you're able to buy a palatial mansion on an island but there's no one on the island. It's just you on your own. Mm. No one, no contact, no relationship. No joy. Most people are gonna say, no, I don't want it. There's no people there. I want relationship. Mm. And so that's why I think relationship will always trump. I think it will always trump wealth. Not knowing to share it with on your own. No, it will trump, it will trump wealth. This podcast was brought to you by Face to Face Dialogue.